0: Welcome to the Gospel Coalition podcast, equipping the next generation of believers, pastors, and church leaders to shape life and ministry around the gospel. On today's episode, you'll hear a workshop on navigating ministry and marriage as a pastor's wife. This workshop was originally recorded at TGC's 2018 Women's Conference.
1: Here to my right is Lauren Hansen. Um, She lives in Birmingham, Alabama. She is an elder's wife at Redeemer Community Church and She and her husband, Colin, have been serving together in ministry for 14 years, uh, and he's officially been an elder at the church for two years. Then next to her is Latoya McCutcheon from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, She's been married for 18 years, and she has a 17-year-old son. Her husband is a pastor at Fellowship Memphis Church, and they are also in the process of planting a church in Raleigh Raleigh, North Carolina. And they have served in ministry together for about 13 years. And then to LaToya's right um, is Noelle Piper. Um, she is the mother of five, the grandmother of 13, and the wife of one. Um, <laughs> she says that through the years she has seen her family as her primary calling. From 1980 to 2012, um, she supported her husband in his ministry as pastor of Of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Now he works full-time for Desiring God Ministries, and since adopting her youngest child in 1995, her life and her interests have been drawn into the issues of adoption and racial harmony, and she additionally volunteers in the various ministries of Johnny and Friends. So it's a privilege for me to be here to learn from these women, and I know uh, that their wisdom and their experience that the Lord has given them, the grace the Lord has poured out on them, will be a benefit to us saw. So I'd like to begin um, just by asking you, uh, sisters, what are some of the unique blessings of a ministry marriage? You know, what are some things about being married to a man and sharing in ministry that have been particular unique blessings for you?
2: I, I think of things in little pieces. So one piece is that it has been a really great blessing to us that our, each of our children has had at least one young person, but older than they are, who has been a mentor during some of their teen years that we might not have had as the kind of friendship or access to otherwise. I would
3: say that um, we've had the opportunity to have people who are sharing the same faith with us, who are in the trenches with us to hold us accountable for how we treat each other and how we manage our home and how we love on each other and our kids. And so I think that's been a great asset for us. Do
1: you feel like that's people in your church that have
3: done that for you or other think, ministry leaders? or I think that in my church and as we've developed in our relationship, just having people who are like-minded um, come alongside us and, and actually hold us accountable, whether they are Um, members of our church or outside the church, just being able to be in a body of believers has been great.
4: I'd say the greatest blessing we've seen from having a ministry marriage is being able to evangelize, witness, disciple and care for people together as a couple. Cause we've had the opportunity to host home groups, um, small groups, you might call them. um, And uh, to meet with people, Individuals, married couples, families, um, people who know the Lord, people who don't know the Lord. We've seen people come to faith um, in our in serving together and being used by the Lord to help um, point them to the gospel. So. to see new life created because of work that the Lord's done through us together as a married couple has been such a, such a gift, uh, really to, to care for those people, to pray for those people, to watch and see that fruit multiply that they go then and and do that to others. Um, it's, it's so rewarding to be of use together as a family. That's
1: great. So I think when we're in ministry, um, with our husbands uh, in church ministry, in particular, um, it you know our lives are very much structured around the one in seven, right? Um, you know we have this one day of worship and God's people, and that's sort of you know you're the, you know if you're a pastor's wife, then that's like the main work day of your week. Not that your everybody thinks your husband only works one day a week, but you know <laughs> we all know he doesn't work more. Than, um, Uh, You know, in that, the, the Lord's Day coming together, and then you have these other days, and you know, every week this pattern is repeated, and so it's very cyclical and goes on week after week through the year. What are some habits sort of Daily habits or weekly habits. um, What are some things that repeat in your marriage, um, in your life that have been particularly helpful to you? Um, You know, sort of the kind of the little, not the major mountaintop experiences, but just sort of the repeating habits that you developed in your
2: marriage that have been helpful. I will speak about when our kids were still at home, but that would be um, devotions together in the evening and shaped by what age they were always something from the bible but then maybe bible story books or other things if they were very young Um, and then my husband and i praying together regularly um, if we were going to bed at the same time and (laughs) (laughs) uh, so those those family devotional habits were very important tell me about praying together with your husband do you pray
1: you have certain things you pray for? Do you have, you know, what does that look like? Uh,
2: now it's, we pray for sure for the missionaries on our church's prayer calendar that are up for that week. And um, then just generally whatever we think of for what's going on in the world, for um, things that are happening with our kids, um, not, not, no specific plan. There was a time when we would have um, maybe twice a year what we call missions in the manse, so anybody who was thought they might possibly be interested sometime in missions to come to our house, and we'd have some kind of worship together and something about missions and have them write their name down so people could follow up with them for the missionary uh, nurture program if they wished. And we would pray through those names. Um, You know, what that meant was naming them and then praying a prayer that would cover all of them unless we knew something specific. So that was one additional kind of thing we did.
3: I think for us, um, we've learned to, in addition to praying together each morning, we've learned to have daily check-ins. And so um, one thing that my husband and I have to do because we both work outside the home, is, you know, what was your, your your God moment for the day, or um, how did you see God manifest himself in your day, or um, what was your deepest thought? Um, and so we've learned to kind of decompose our day um, outside of our bedroom, right, outside of our bedroom, simply because we don't never know how those conversations are going to expand. <laughs> Sometimes those conversations, some conversations you don't want to take into your love zone. And so <laughs> I have to, <laughs> maybe we start in the kitchen, you know, <laughs> where there's food. And so just learning to, just learning to uh, give him the space to check in and um, kind of decompress from our day. Because outside of the house, I never know what my husband or myself have to encounter. Yeah, those are those are great. We echo those um,
4: family devotionals. We have young kids, so we read a story Bible story and sing a hymn and do a memory verse and pray every night before bed. And um, yeah, also we at dinner with our little kids um, ask, "How did you see God at work today?" And we all talk about how we saw God at work that day. With my son, usually it's he's three; it's going to the zoo or whatever neat thing he got to do that day. But then we talk about how God was at work through that thing. Um, so absolutely echo those one other thing that we found really helpful a habit is just going on walks um, and also our pastor and his wife go on a walk every single day um, like Megan said my, my husband's an elder um, he is he does work for the gospel coalition though so he's he's also in ministry but um, uh, regardless going on walks we just found to be a very helpful way for us to have time to make sure that we're talking because it can be very easy to go about all the things to do in a day and realize you didn't actually hear how your husband's doing and you didn't get to hear how you're doing. So we like that.
1: So I think one of the blessings of being in a ministry uh, marriage is that you're very connected in some ways to what it is that your husband is doing. Uh, my, My dad is a pastor, and my husband is a pastor, and I, you know, I sometimes say, I don't know what I would do if my husband were a rocket scientist, and he went off every day, and I had no idea what he was doing, you know? But we basically, when your husband is an elder, when your husband is a pastor, you understand the thing, you know the people he works with, the people he's serving, you know the tasks that he's doing, you're even participating sometimes in those tasks. What are some ministry tasks that you've been able to do alongside your husband that have given you particular? joy or that have been a particular privilege for you and we don't have to go in the same order and I everyone has to answer every time. I'm a Presbyterian so I really appreciate that but
3: <laughs> my husband and I do a lot of um, marriage counseling together. Um, I have a background in counseling and so I found that to be one of my greatest joys to be able to walk um, newly married or even potential you know, individuals that are wanting to get married through what, it, what a healthy marriage could possibly look like and um, debunk some of the expectations that they sometimes have and just straight up and tell them, hey, you know, this is really going to be hard. This is the hardest thing you're going to ever have to do, you know. <laughs> let's, get that, let's get that out first um, so that they can, you know, prosper healthily in their marriage. And so that's something that my husband and I have both enjoyed doing, seeing marriages come to fruition and individuals love each other.
1: Do you have like a plan, you know, so you have a couple, they're coming Friday night for their counseling, whatever. Do you two talk ahead of time? We're going to talk about this or do you, is it just sort of more organic conversation or how do you organize that?
3: Well, initially um, we will have them to complete certain assessments um, that we generally will use. Um, For example, one assessment is called the gospel it's through gospel pathways, it's called the Enneagram. And what the Enneagram allows them to do is to see how they're wired because we're all wired differently and that's not a a sinful thing. Although um, at times we can act in a certain way that may be sinful. And and also because we bring certain attributes into our marriage from our backgrounds. And so um, it's always good for us to start there and to also figure out what do you expect um, from your marriage. Um, and give them language that they can use to communicate with each other so that they can have a better understanding of what they are wanting or what they expect out of their marriage. And so those are just some of of the tools that we utilize.
2: How about either of you? Are there
3: ministry tasks
1: you enjoy doing
2: together? Uh, Probably the main thing we do together is when we have people at our house and um, our in conversation together and whatever direction that takes and that depends on who the people are. <laughs> um, so obviously there are
1: sacrifices uh, associated with being in ministry. Just name just a few of the sacrifices that you think come along with being in ministry.
4: I think the hardest thing is just seeing the brokenness of humanity and kind of getting a look behind the curtain of what's going on at church or what's going on um, in a parachurch organization. It's sometimes I I just desire to have that wonderful naivete that um, these are all just such warm, sunny, godly people and <laughs> we're all just doing great. And while we are godly, we we are sinners and saints at the same time and we are struggling and mourning and um sometimes that depravity can just feel overwhelming and sometimes i wish i didn't know what i know and sometimes it's hard to find that balance between how i can help share my husband's burdens and then what overwhelms me because uh I, I can really struggle with wanting to control things that I can't, or having anxiety for bearing burdens that I should give over to the Lord, but I have trouble doing that. Um, so it's uh, it, it's just it, it's hard to feel that that weight. Um,
3: that's what I'd say. I would say time is always a, a, you know, something that you have to give up. Um, and I think that early on, my my struggle was making sure that I helped my husband balance his time. So I became his stopwatch. Um, <laughs> and making certain that um, the time that we do take away from the home that is replenished by God's word or um, some creative way of uh, spending time with each other and, and our kids, just to make sure that um, nothing is left undone. Um, sometimes that means he has to wash clothes and I'm not. <laughs> or you know, chores are, are done that he would normally do and I have to pick up the slack. And so I think time is, is one of the most valuable things that we have to sometimes let go of in order to complete God's will.
2: And to extend from that, it means that uh, since time is tight that you schedule things that might seem more spontaneous in other families. And, you know, like time to play with the kids in the evening, for instance. And that lack of spontaneity can kind of wear on the kids over time as they think about it, I think. So then to follow
1: up on that, um, you know, these sacrifices that we make, whether they are time or emotional energy or just bearing the daily burdens of God's people, how have you found you know, meditating on Christ and knowing Christ to be helpful to you, then as you're making these sacrifices, obviously Christ the one who sacrificed for us. Are there particular ways that Christ has become sweeter to you in ministry because of that?
3: I think in a lot of ways, um, having a daily devotion uh, kind of sets the tone for my day. Um, I noticed that it, to some people they have to wake up with coffee. I have to wake up with some type of devotion um, or I will be cuckoo throughout the rest of my day. Um, I know that uh, my husband at times, he, he has to get his devotion on, on the other side of our walls at his office. But um, for me, I have to find that, that space to, to collect my thoughts so that I'll know how to approach my day. Um, I think that's been really helpful for me. Uh, Are there particular
1: passages or particular, you know, things that you've
3: studied that have been particularly helpful to you? Yes. Oh, yes. So early on, um, I did a devotion on uh, Proverbs 31, um, 10 through 31. And uh, a wise woman offered that devotion up to me when I first got married. And it was tremendously beneficial to me because it gave me a paradigm for what a virtuous woman was really looked like. Um, although my mother was a great, you know, God-fearing woman, um, their marriage wasn't one, my, my parents' marriage wasn't one that I wanted to emulate. Um, and so seeing that and walking through what specifically does a, a virtuous woman looks look like and what that woman could potentially be for me um, helped me to to get through my first years of marriage, which are which were for me very tough because I walked in with again my own expectations of what I thought that would look like. Um,
4: so, how has Christ's sacrifice become even uh, more precious and real? Um, I think I've I've learned the limitations of my own importance that I'm I'm just not that important <laughs> compared to compared to God's grand. Plans and, and his ability to do things that I can't even ask. Well, I can't ask and imagine, but he asks us to do that. But, th- but things are beyond my 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 ability, and um, that I, he's just so much so much bigger and has such a, a greater desire to see his church flourish. And um, that I I I feel smaller than I used to in in a good way. So I guess I'd say it's it's. Mm-hmm. It's humbling. It's humbling to be of use um, and uh, it
2: just gets richer as as time goes on. Mm -hmm. I think it's not possible to underestimate how important it is having just the rock under you, the certainty of who God is and how he works and that he does only good for his children even when it's hard so that even when I'm not Consciously thinking about God, that is where I'm standing. So
1: I think sometimes because there are sacrifices in ministry marriage, um, we can fall into the trap of thinking that the church or the ministry is the enemy, you know, that it's sort of either the church or our family, or it's either the church or me, or, you know, somehow that the church is against me, or um, it's, it's the other thing. And what, are there ways that you can point to that the church has actually been a great blessing to you, that you are um, more, that you're a better wife or a better mother, or for having the church, that the church has actually been your best friend
2: in ministry marriage? I love the men and women who have worked with our kids through their different ages and uh, times that people would probably really rather not have been working with one or another of them. <laughs> and and uh, I'm sure I heard only a fraction of what some of those things were. <laughs> some of them come back as stories still, and my children are in their 30s and 40s now. But um, So to, that is a huge thing, to have people that we trust to be telling our children the truth and to living it out for them.
1: I think that is so true, especially you know if you're in a situation, like I'm in a situation where my husband does virtually all of the preaching, and then we do family devotions in the home, which my husband or I lead, depending on who's home that night. And so my children's instruction is coming almost entirely from one or other of their parents. And so I think what Noelle is saying is so important because the church then provides you with all these other people who are saying, your soul is important and Christ is the best thing out there, you know, and bearing testimony to the thing that they're hearing from us, which is good, but they're saying, you know what, we also are invested. So are there other ways that the church has been a great blessing?
4: Do we have a lot of elders wives in here, or are we most are mostly pastors? Okay, good. Okay, because what it, it's it's different. I think the answer to this question is a little bit different. Yeah, that's why you're on this panel so okay. that we can have. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Um, so uh, it, it's interesting that um, uh, it comes to mind that pastors being a, a position of, of such respect and honor and importance being behind the pulpit, um, I'd imagine that the congregation just sees them a little bit differently, um, both in ways that are challenging and ways that are very good and supportive. Elders really being behind the scenes, um, I, I think, uh, can, can not be that first, like, top of mind church care recipients because they're doing so much that isn't seen. And so, uh, thankfully I think our, our elders are very much aware of each other and what families need on that that almost horizontal level of, of leadership um, because I I don't even know that a lot of our totality of our congregation knows who the elders are <laughs> and feel like there's there's a family you know they, they might need some particular support and love from our church because of, of how much they give and time and, and energy and things um, so so I'm thankful that that I've seen us take care of each other and be aware that you know if you have like a sort of a tree of of care and leadership it's it's thin at the top and to to look around and remember the others who are who are up there with you you know putting shade over those lower branches might need you know might be a little covering sometimes too so can you give like one or two practical examples of how elders families can care for each other yeah um I think a lot of just asking, assuming, too, that we're under some spiritual attack and assuming that it's not, life's going to be hard and there are going to be seasons of particular hardship and really just asking those real questions and um, and being vulnerable, ask, asking to be led in, sharing needs and sharing burdens, um, and then trusting that people want to be there to, to meet them. So, um, yeah, but we've had adoptions that have fallen through major illness, bizarre major illnesses, like just a a lot of hardship that, um, that we just communicate and try to meet needs and practical ways, meals, prayers, um, fundraisers, those sorts of things. Yeah.
3: I think that the assumption is because, so I'm a pastor's wife, but because the pastor is usually the one that's up there, that's leading, that's caring, that's shepherding the body, that there aren't Situations that may arise within his household, and so it's been great to have um, members of the church come and say, "Hey, let's let us pray for you, or let us take you out to dinner, or you know." And I think that that's that's what church is supposed to look like. Um, it's not just the pastor that's providing shepherding to the flock. It's also that reciprocation that takes place because we're all God's church, and so. There needs to be a level of reciprocation. So what can you, each of
1: you, maybe talk about sort of one challenge without naming names, but one challenge in ministry life that you've worked through as a couple um, that um, has been something that you've experienced and just tell a little practically kind of
2: how did you work through that? One of the most stressful times for us was when one of our staff, two of our staff members, were involved in uh, a situation where that they needed to be released, and that caused a lot of disagreement and uncertainty in the whole congregation, and um, uns- you know disagreement about how it should be handled, and there were many, many late meetings until late in the night with the elders trying to sort things out. And um, I was really surprised at that time that my husband away from home for hours on end, way more and way later than usual. And yet we felt more, I felt um, more connected with him in ministry during those days. I wasn't directly involved with any of the conversations that were going on, but there was just a sense of really being together in ministry here at this, um, fortunately, only a one-time um, period in the church. And I, I think that was a real sweet thing that God did that would have, was totally unexpected. You know, hes I'll just tell you something funny. He was out, he's at one of those nights, he was out past midnight or whatever. Um, the kids and I came home from somewhere 10 or so at night, and discovered a bat in the kitchen and I had to call one of my neighbors you know pull up the badminton racket from the basement call one of our neighbors who really didn't want to come over but he did anyway and <laughs> so even our neighbors were helping us out in that time
3: <laughs> I think for us uh, just walking with um, newly married families that may be experiencing um, loss of a child or um, just issues within their marriage. Um, and my husband and I have had to sometimes disagree on how to proceed um, in, in reference to assisting in those situations. But I think that uh, with us trying to figure out what would be the right directive to go in, a direction to go in, I think it's helped us to kind of look at ourselves and our marriage as well. And so in, in, in that we were providing assistance we learned how to better communicate with one another through some of the issues that we've faced um, with other couples. And so I think that that's been helpful to us. I think our biggest challenge is just that we, my husband
4: and I have very, very different personalities. Um, You mentioned the Enneagram. I'm a two and he's an eight. You're an eight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, just so, I don't know if y'all know, that basically means I'm the, the giver, like the all, all heart, all relationship helper. Um, and he's what, what's a, the, the challenger. Yeah. The, yeah, the challenger. Yes. Uh Um, yeah. So, uh, so you talk about having different perspectives. Sometimes we just, we just have very different perspectives and, um, I think over time have, have learned to, um, pray more and more and to trust that the Lord is good and that he's, he's working and leading. He's speaking to both of us, but to also, I've learned that my husband has information and, and knowledge of particular situations that I don't have. Cause I'm not in that role. And sometimes it can be tempting just to over overstep or because he thinks so differently from me, just assign, 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 steps that he wants to take or whatever is just like oh that's his personality and that's this part that I don't understand and I don't like (laughs) just um to uh is to be more patient to be more prayerful to be more sympathetic and and to know that that um my way isn't the right way like you know there's there there are there are gifts and and all the things that all the ways that God's made us and, and given us to to see him and he's at work
1: um, so I have one more question, and then we'll open it up if some of you have questions. But, so we talk a lot about ministry life being a fishbowl, maybe more so for a pastor who's up front and less so for elders. But I think elders' wives definitely face this too. Um, and you know, people are looking at you, and they're watching your family life. What is one thing that you hope that your church, that the people who are watching will learn? from watching you uh, learn about marriage, learn about family, ultimately learn about Christ and his church, right, because marriage is a picture of Christ and his church. When they watch you, what do you want the people in your church to take away or to learn? And,
3: of course, you know, you're not going to do it perfectly, but, but this is our hope by grace that they might learn something. So I would say um, my, hus- my husband and I early on, wanted to make sure that we had like a mission for our marriage. I've always felt that my greatest ministry was my household, my marriage. And um, I think over the years we've developed the concept that we want our marriage to tell the truth about who Christ is, to whomever is looking. Um, Whether it's our son or our neighbor's kids or um, our neighbors, you know, we want our marriage to reveal to everyone who Christ truly is. And I think that in doing that, in trying to emulate what God, God's love for his, the church, his, the body of Christ is, is um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show up in how we treat each other. Um, now, do we get it right all the time? No. No. But there needs to, our other people need to see that too, right? They need to see the imperfections that we have and, and also be able to witness how we come on the other side of that. And so for us, that's huge, right? Because in marriage sometimes there's this perception that it's supposed to be perfect. I'm supposed to have this, this honeymoon that lasts forever. <laughs> and we all know that that doesn't take place. And so, especially with younger couples, um, I think walking alongside some of those individuals to let them see, hey, yes, you fight, right? You're going to have battles that that arise in your marriage, but coming through that is really going to speak volumes to who Christ is
2: in your marriage. A long time ago, I had a t-shirt that had lines and lines and lines of names of Jesus. And I was checking out of the store, and when I was leaving, the, the cashier said, oh, I like your shirt. And then I remembered what I had on, and I thought, oh, man, I wonder what I said and if I did everything okay. <laughs> and, but that's what I want is that when people see us and catch us in any moment that we're consistent in being honest in reflecting Jesus well in the way we do everything.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Gospel Coalition podcast. Check out more gospel-centered resources at thegospelcoalition.org.